The most successful and rewarding transitions from high school to college are achieved when students are open to exploration and excited about that discovery process. That's the mindset that cuts through the noise and the groupthink and allows them to go all in on choosing schools based on the factors that truly matter most. When called upon, I help them along the way. I'm Brian Eldridge, founder of Courier College Prep and the host of Admissions to Mars. And that's what I hope to do here. Leverage my knowledge, insights, and over a decade of experience to put you in possession of a regularly updated map of the college admissions landscape. All right, you found it. It's Admissions to Mars. Welcome. Tis the season for many things. One of those things confusing financial aid award letters, which have been coming in along with some decisions this month. And if you are a regular listener, then you have heard me up on my soapbox on this topic. And that's because it is unconscionable to me that this part of the admissions journey, the one where students and families need clarity, accuracy, and honest, reliable information the most is such a free-for-all with no standard for reporting, plenty of obfuscation, and downright misleading information. So the Government Accountability Office last week released a damning report, which looked at more than 500 financial aid offers from a nationally representative selection of colleges across the country, and found that colleges repeatedly failed to follow specific best practices. The report found that the vast majority of colleges, 91%, did not include an adequate net price. That's the out-of-pocket money a student or family will need to pay to attend that school. More than half the schools did not itemize costs, and about a quarter of colleges did not provide any information about college costs in their financial aid offers. They just listed the aid. Think about that. It's like getting handed a bunch of coupons, some of which may be expired, but you're not told how much the product you're about to buy actually costs. It's absurd. Many schools failed to clearly label what aid money uh, was free, which is gift aid, right? Grants and scholarships and tuition discounts. And um, it wasn't differentiated from what students have to pay back. Now, in Previous guidance to colleges, the U.S. Department of Ed provided a template for student aid letters, but the GAO found that only 3% of colleges use this template as their primary communication with students' families. About two-thirds didn't use the template at all. Now, to me, that's just enrollment management acting in bad faith. So make it mandatory. Come on, Congress. This isn't a partisan issue. This is about fairness, and it's about transparency. Colleges, the majority of colleges, they're not incentivized to adopt a student-slash-family-friendly template. The incentive is to take the smoke and mirrors route. They want to enroll students, and if an asymmetry of information helps them to do that, then that's how they're going to design these award letters. That's what they do with the implicit intention of tricking families into thinking that their out-of-pocket costs will be less than they truly are, which is just gross. Now, there have been legislative attempts in the past 
There was the Understanding the True Cost of College Act, which was first introduced in 2012 and reintroduced last year, which aimed to create a common disclosure for colleges so families and students could do an apples-to-apples comparison of financial aid offers that has yet to be approved, um, yet to be passed, but there's always hope, right? The last refuge of the dam. So still, let's hope it uh, common sense prevails there because families shouldn't have to jump through hoops to get an accurate read on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. For the majority of them, picking a school comes down to cost, or at least it's one of the primary drivers. They need to know who's offering the most generous financial aid package. Students need to know, is this money a gift? Do I have to pay this back? Do I have to earn it through work study? They shouldn't have to sift through weird abbreviations or loans disguised as gift aid, all while being kept in the dark as to the total cost of attendance. Again, for what other purchase? And we're talking about one of the biggest, if not the biggest expenses a student or family will undertake in their lives. For what other purchase would this be acceptable or tolerated? buying a home, taking out a mortgage, that requires legal disclosures, requires standardized information, all right, to help individuals make informed decisions. I mean, there are even rules in place governing the strategies and tactics of used car salesmen that are more strict than those applied to financial aid letters. Some more lowlights, um, and I see these each and every year when families share their letters with me, and we go through them together. When colleges refer to an unsubsidized federal loan, right, so that's not need-based, with, well, countless different terms, often without even using the word loan. And so it's very common to hear families think they're getting an extra 4500 or 5500 in free money when, in fact, it's an unsubsidized federal loan. The majority of colleges continue to lump aid together without differentiating between money that has to be borrowed, right, loans, and scholarships and grants and work study. It's just it's a it's a mismatch. It's it's a mismatch. There's there's just not clear delineation between um, these types of aid. Students and parents should have this information presented with clearly defined terms so they can sort through it and focus on those out-of-pocket costs. It should be easy or relatively easy to add up the gift aid, right? the free money, no loans, no parent plus loans hiding in there, and they should be able to subtract the free money from the cost of attendance to determine their net price, to determine that out-of-pocket expense. Another area where camouflage and omission prevails is how the school calculates the total cost of attendance. The total cost of attendance includes tuition, room and board, and fees. But the cost of books and transportation, right, indirect costs also included in that sum. And sometimes it's either not there or it's grossly underestimated. Indirect costs need to be tallied and estimated correctly. 
I have seen a few schools um, where they the, the letter lists just the fall semester cost and aid, not the full year cost. And that's just slimy. Too many letters still fail to spe uh, specify next steps, like what the student has to do to accept or decline the loans. And that's <laughs> that's just, again, a, a, an omission where why, why would you leave a student in the dark as to how to proceed um, when, it, when it comes to accepting or declining that money? Um, the Parent PLUS inclusion continues to be especially bothersome because that is a loan with a very high interest rate relative to other borrowing. Um, that should be a last resort for borrowing. It should not be lumped in anywhere with the rest of the aid, but it is. And don't even get me started on scholarship displacement. Now, the other competitive disadvantage at play here, and an additional irritating irony, is that colleges know how much you're capable of spending, more or less, because most families, not all, but most families fill out the FAFSA, the CSS profile, or both. So colleges engage, they, they play this game where it's totally cool if they withhold critical information and they don't make it easy to compare offers, but you need to give them all of your information and you need to do that in a standardized format. The game's slowly changing, slowly, as it should. Again, there are helpful tools and resources out there, so take advantage of them. But primarily, it's one of the, I think, most helpful routes you could take is look for the schools that are completely transparent in their, in their pricing and in the way that they design these letters. Look into the schools that do pre-reads um, before you before you even apply to, to get a handle on what the financial picture uh, might look like at that school. All right, that's the macro. When it comes to online resources, you've heard me sing the praises of TuitionFit, uh, tuitionfit.org, where um, it, it allows you to compare financial aid award letters received by other students. There's the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau's Financial Aid Comparison Tool, and I will uh, include a link to that resource in the episode description. Ultimately, the onus, though, is on the federal government to pass legislation and require award letter standards via a federal mandate, just like they have for credit card statements. If they can come together to take the lead out of gasoline, you'd think they should be able to do this. Failure to do so is just failing students and families across the country. In the episode description, I'm also going to include a link to the Federal College Financing Plan, which has a dynamite template. Uh, I use it with all of my, my families um, to help you understand and organize your aid offers. And I'm also going to add a link to one of the articles I referenced in this episode, which uh, where you can find uh, an Excel courtesy of McKenna Hensley which can help you compare college offers. All right, short and sweet this episode, but 
Another reminder that when it comes to college admissions, the game is the game. To me, it really says a lot about a school when it's willing to mislead prospective students about what they actually pay. Don't spit on my boots and tell me it's raining. Next time, I'm going to get into chat GPT. Is it really going to be the death of the college essay, of high school English, of Google, and potentially humanity itself? Let's talk about it. Until then, be good and be good at it.